Hey everyone, um, it's MJ from the Edit Bay here. Uh, we used nothing but Discord audio for this one, so there's some hiccups with my audio specifically. Um, nothing I can do about that since that's how it went out um, into the record bot that we use for Discord. So just so you know, that is it's not on purpose, but I am aware of it, just couldn't fix it. So other than that, enjoy this bonus episode. And welcome to Let's Draws for a Minute, the podcast that took a deep dive into Steven Spielberg's 1975 masterpiece and is now setting sail into uncharted waters to discover the world beyond Jaws. I'm Sarah Buddery. And I'm MJ Smith. And this is a, a very special episode of Let's Jaws for a Minute. Um, something has happened that has sort of converged the Venn diagram of my two main hobbies, which are Jaws and Pinball, to make it one big circle. Uh, there's been a Jaws Pinball machine announced. Um, and I couldn't not do anything about that. So this week, it's a bonus episode. We are joined by uh, Zach Sharp of Stern Pinball, the company behind Jaws Pinballs. Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so two things. One, you got to answer the first guest question, which is, or the, <laughs> the, the first time guest question, which is, what is your relationship to the film Jaws? And then two, if you want to give people a little background about yourself and uh, your your history in the pinball community and also in the industry. Sure. So uh, from a Jaws perspective, I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I mean, how can it not be one of everyone's favorite movies of all time? Um, I've just always grown up with it. I mean, who doesn't love sharks? Um, from a pinball side, I've been around pinball my whole life. I'm, I'm the director of marketing here at Stern Pinball. I've been working here for six years, but um, without going down that rabbit hole, my dad has kind of been known as the person that helped save pinball and legalize it in the 70s. So I have literally been around pinball my entire life. So right. it's kind of mirroring two passions, marketing, advertising, and pinball. So I am living my dream job right now. Nice. Um, I have a, a question about. I'm not going to focus too much on on your dad, but is it weird <laughs> that you're that they made a movie about your dad? It it is definitely surreal. I mean, I guess throughout the years, especially when you know Comedy Central does a drunk history right. episode, it kind of it already kind of sets you up for any future uh, reincarnations of his life story. So I guess it's not as weird when, you know, he's featured on drunk history episodes and then it's like, Oh yeah. And here's a full length feature film on how he met my mom. So yeah. <laughs> it's, a it's a little weird, but at the same time, I mean, it's not. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's good. I feel like that would be very surreal. Like you said, to just be like, Oh yeah, your dad's life is getting made into a movie. Also yeah. a guy who was in a, a guy who was in a Spielberg movie is going to play him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, well, speaking of Spielberg, uh, you guys just announced Jaws pinball. It is currently shipping, correct? Yep. We are building them right now and shipping them all over the world. Nice. Um, so how did Jaws Pinball come to be, right? Like, this is a theme everyone is clamoring for. If you've been in the community for any length of time, it is one of the most requested themes. I mean, up there with, like, I think second, maybe only to Harry Potter maybe, <laughs> at this point. Um, it, is a, it is a machine that people have wanted for a long time. So how did, how did Stern end up being the, the, the company that, that gets Jaws and, and is able to kind of transform that beloved film into the machine that we are able to play today. Yeah. I mean, like our director of licensing, Jody Dankberg, I mean, we have a lot of longstanding relationships with all of our licensors and it's no different than with universal pictures and Amblin entertainment. And it was 
the timing, the team, everything just coalesced into, you know, now is the time to do a JAWS pinball machine. I mean, could we have done one 10, 20 years ago? Sure. I would like to think that the time is right now with just the advancement in technology, how much more robust we can make these things, not just from a physical perspective, but from a digital software perspective of what we can kind of cram into these machines that I think there's no better time than now to, you know, release one of the most timeless and iconic themes of all time. Yeah. And the, the software on this looks crazy, by the way. Um, right. So to, to sort of set the baseline for the not pinball audience, which is the majority of LJ fam listeners, you, you have two elements. You have the actual physical layout of the machine, like where the shots are on it. And then you have the software and the software is the actual rules. I'm sure this is news to a lot of LJ fam listeners because most people don't know <laughs> there are rules to pinball. Um, Including me. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so in the sort of streams that you guys have had and being such a Jaws nerd, like seeing the way theme and software have come together to create the narrative of the machine is, I mean, it's unlike anything I've seen in pinball, which is, you know, I've been around the hobby for five, six years now. It's easy to get a little cynical, but seeing even just the, like the attention to detail that the team put into getting things in the software, like the video mode being the video game from the movie is, I think, incredible to me. <laughs> um, like as a Jaws fan, you guys knocked it out of the park from what I can tell. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you, you actually took the words out of my mouth with just the level of detail and attention. I mean, they're, this development team, I mean, they poured their heart and soul in it, and they will continue to because as the games are shipping, we get real-world feedback, you know, things will evolve and iterate. But what's really cool with just a pinball experience in general is you don't have to just tell a linear story. I mean, if you did a pinball machine based off of Jaws 1, it would be the same notes from start, middle, and end. And not to say that it would get boring, but with pinball, you want to have this kind of feel that you're in this Jaws universe, but it doesn't have to be linear. You can kind of hop around and do different things. And with working with Universal and Amblin and having uh, assets for, you know, not just the first movie, but uh, the first four blockbuster films, it was. It really opened up the net of what the team could incorporate, and I, I'm glad you pulled pulled uh, or pointed out the video mode because I think twofold. It's cool to incorporate Shark Hunter, but even adding the 3D element where you so can good. choose to do the video mode with 3D glasses, <laughs> which will ship with the game. I mean, that's just Chef's kiss with just adding that element of you know Jaws 3D. You're wearing 3D glasses and playing Shark Hunter, so you are fully immersed in this Jaws universe. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the one of the things that interests me about is, like, coming from this from a Jaws obsessive perspective rather than the, than the pinball, is, like, what element comes first? Is it the, the story or is it the mechanics of the game? And also, I mean, you mentioned Universal and, and Amblin, like, how much involvement they have in the process of actually putting this thing together as well. Yeah, I mean, every design team is different. And I mean, obviously, in speaking on behalf, but I can't speak, you know, inside the brain of the lead game designer. But when you're making a Jaws pinball machine, you know, your first thoughts are, all right, how, how are we going to incorporate a shark? And they're really smart with their use of, I mean, if you think about the first film, you barely even see the shark. It's that mm -hmm. kind of yep. unsettling feeling and tension of like what's lurking below. And I thought it was so special how they kind of incorporated, you know, you're hitting a chum bucket and you're adding blood in the water and this shimmering LED lighting effect on the play field has this blue water that's subtly turning red and bloody mm -hmm. and you're trying to lure the shark out and a shark fin will pop up and swim across the play field, which you're trying to hit with a pinball, whether it's firing a harpoon or, you know, incorporating other rule sets. And then you've got Ben Gardner's fishing boat where you're hitting and the great white will pop up from underneath it and you bash it. You've got an orca upper play field, which incorporates an orca boat. So you're just kind of getting all these motifs and themes, but really, again, just 
pulling you together into this Jaws universe. Yeah, it's 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 amazing to me, right? Um, to do a bit of shameless self promo, I was on both Don't Panic Flips stream and his podcast to talk about this machine, as uh, as he calls it, as, as as his resident Jaws expert. And that was the thing that <laughs> that immediately jumped out to me, pun not intended, is the shark coming out of the bottom of the playfield, right? Like the idea that the shark is largely hidden for big chunks of the game. And yep. then pops out. It just it it it's such that's Jaws, you know. That is Jaws to me, where it's like you don't really see the shark all that much in Jaws, right? The 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 shark is implied, and so to be able to see how the design team took the idea of like the shark is a presence. The shark is never not there, but you're not going to see it all the time, and integrate it right just in the videos I've seen. I haven't gotten my hands on the machine yet, but. To see that, uh, it was it was so, so impressive to me. And then also to hear that you guys that were incorporating all four films, like, was that a decision from the beginning of, like, we have to get assets from all four, or is that something that the opportunity presented itself and you guys decided to run with it? I think that was more of just the opportunity presented itself. Um, and, again, just working with a great partner, you know, they offered up, you know, the use of all of those, and the game team is like, you know, absolutely. I mean, you're not going to just hold yourself or pigeonhole to just, you know, the first film when you have the ability to expand the whole universe. I mean, it just opens up all those fun opportunities, especially with pinball. Yeah, it's 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 really cool seeing the assets pop that 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 I saw on the stream from from Jaws 2. Like if you get into I think it's victory laps on the first phase of the multiball you get the water skiing scene from yeah. Jaws 2. Uh, I was like, this, this is incredible. <laughs> you know, just as as an sort of all-encompassing Jaws fan, like obviously the first is our favorite. The first is the one we know the most here, but we get asked about the sequels constantly, right? Just as, as diehard fans. And so to see something like this that, that integrates everything Jaws under one, you know, pinball roof uh so to speak is is really 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 cool and it just feels so i mean you like it <laughs> i feel like as as a creator right there's you got to strike a balance of what do we want to do that's cool and innovative and iterative and what do fans of this ip want to see what do people want out of this machine and i gotta say like as a fan it just feels so sort of respectful to what people would want to see out of the machine. And I, I think that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I don't envy that task from a creative perspective sure. of, all right, how can we, you know, service the fans of the theme, but also how do we service fans of pinball? And, you know, it's definitely, it can be a tightrope walk. And I mean, not to say that they knocked it out of the park. They definitely blew it out of the water. <laughs> pun intended. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even giving, right, so the fiction of the machine or the narrative of the machine is that you are Quint and you're hunting the sharks, right? That's the main thrust of the game, am I correct about it? It is, well, you're you're kind of, it depends on the mode you're playing, so mm -hmm. you're not just Quint, because there, there's going to be times when you're, you're kind of playing as Hooper or you're playing as Brody, because okay. if you're just playing as Quint, you know, his, his story doesn't end the best. So right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You don't want to be tied to just Quint's story. Cause then that would not be a fun experience. <laughs> yeah. Game over. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> but the, the moments you are playing as Quint are shark hunts, right? Like you guys have built, these what is it five shark hunts or four four shark hunt modes and then the, the wizard mode is the great white uh yeah yeah you've got modes. like the five yep the five unique shark encounter modes mm -hmm. so whether well, it's like night swim scars beach panic pond attack raft attack there's all those different things and then um in terms of catching the sharks yeah there's the bounty the bounty hunt mode bounty. so you're trying to capture the, the Mako, the Hammerhead, the Tiger, the Thresher, and then, of course, the Ultimate Great White. So there's kind of like mini tasks that you're going to try to accomplish. And then 
there's a horizontal kind of fish reel spinner where you are trying to reel in the shark. And what's really cool, and this is just through the advancement of technology, we've got our Stern Insider Connected platform, which is you know free to download. We've got an app for it. And if you're a gamer, it's kind of like Xbox Live, mm-hmm. but for pinball. It kind of saves your high scores. You earn in-game achievements. You can connect with friends all over the world. Um, but what's really cool with Jaws, the game team kind of developed this currency where you're collecting shark teeth and you can redeem those shark teeth for features in the game, both currently and in the future, there's going to be even more future goodies. But like right now, you can redeem it to do a challenge mode and play that Shark Hunter video mode, for instance. But it also saves your progress as you increase your bounty hunter rank. So if you were to start right now, you're, you're going to be a sardine, but then you're going to kind of progress up the, the food chain, so to speak. So it, it's really cool what the, the technology can do. And in the future with Insider Connected, uh, we're going to flip the script where you can play as a shark terrorizing beachgoers. So that, that's going to be fun. I can't wait to see what the team does with that. Yeah, that would be... I think that's a great way to split the the thing, right? Where it's it's a lot of people that I talked to were like, I want a Jaws game where I can play as the shark. And yeah. <laughs> my, my response was like, that's kind of not a Jaws game though, right? Like the shark doesn't kill a lot of people in like over the course of all four, sure. But in the first movie, he's, it only kills four people. And so yeah. <laughs> the, the idea of like, okay, well, we we will give the people what they want of this, but we'll we'll put it as a Stern Insider Connected you know, feature rather than build the game around that, I think is a great way to sort of not give people like not have their cake and eat it too, but just be like, no, this is, you will get to play as the shark, but you also like as a jaws game, it shouldn't be, you are the shark, right? Like yeah. it, is, it shouldn't be the point of, of the game. So I think that's like brilliant once again on, on uh Stern and the design team's part to be able to find ways in which to, kind of serve everyone at the same time and hopefully bring new players in as well. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, we're, we're trying to offer that breadth, breadth and depth of a gaming experience because, you know, we want people to keep these in their homes. I mean, forever, including myself. I mean, I'll be putting a jaws uh, premium in my basement uh, later this year. So <laughs> we, we make these not only for the general public, but also for ourselves. We're, we're our biggest customers too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all like most of you guys are tournament players, right? Like, I I know, I feel like I know a lot of the Stern team's names just from following the tournament scene more than even just following the the industry and where that goes. You know, I'd, I'd say probably more people are not tournament players. Really? I think they get just more enjoyment out of playing, you know, casually and for fun. But that's not to knock, you know, tournament players because, you know, I'm one of them. But right. I would say the majority of people um, in the company are not. I'd, I'd say we're kind of more the minority of the tournament players because we, we don't want to focus just on that high level, you know, subset. Right. We, we want to make it casual friendly as well because if there's features that are too far away, mm-hmm. somebody might not have a good experience. You want them to feel validated and have that kind of, close to the start button feel good moments because you want to pull them in to experience more and more and more, especially as they get better. Yeah. Right. That's game state changes and, and mm-hmm. things like that. The, 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 I made something happen moment is the moment I know when I introduce new players um, to the hobby, it's as soon as they can make the game do something that's cool Yes, they're hooked, right? Yep. Like Jaws pun not intended, but the, the <laughs> idea of like, oh, I hit the ball and then the game changed, right? Like, uh, uh, I saw it very recently with 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 my girlfriend. She was pretty novice, and we were playing Monster Bash, and she started Drac Attack, and she looked at me. She was like, "I did something," yep. and that was like, I saw it in her eyes where she was like, "I would like to keep learning how to do this now." <laughs> um, whereas, like, she she I think she was maybe on the fence before. And then seeing Dracula come out, she was like, oh, okay, that this is what I can do as I improve and develop a skill set. I want that more of that feedback. Yeah, right? no, so, I mean, it, that's great. I mean, it's that kind of Pavlovian mm-hmm. and, 
with Insider Connected, when you're earning in-game achievements, there's like this little ding on the screen. So again, you hear that yep. kind of audio cue of like, oh, I did something. Like I started Jaws multiball, bling, and it feels good. It's that gamification of your progressing and saving your progress of what you are achieving in this, you know, pinball experience. Yeah. So specifically with Jaws Pinball, then what would you recommend a beginner player do to get that moment, right? That close to the start button. Oh, I have done something to make the game react to what I've done. I mean, I think when you're bashing that boat and then the shark pops up and you get to bash the shark, that's pretty awesome. Um, and then I would say the next one would be, you know, hitting the chum bucket and adding blood in the water is kind of cool because you have this nice blue shimmering water effect and then you hit this chum bucket and it starts turning red and then you're able to kind of lure that pop-up fin um, shark, you know, swimming in the water. So I would say those two are probably, you know, the close to the start button feel good moments, especially when you hit that moving shark fin, mm -hmm. which is challenging because it can pop up in any place along its track. So it's not always going to be at the same spot. You know, with Dracula, it always comes out from the same spot right. where this shark fin, it can pop up on the left side, it can pop up on the right, and then it's moving while your pinball is moving as well. So it's kind of that tension filled like, oh, I'm trying to get this, you know, shark fin down. So it's, um, it's very gratifying when you do hit it. Yeah, and, and so... That was specifically for listeners who may seek out a Jaws pinball machine because I know we have a lot of <laughs> we have a lot of diehard Jaws fans that listen to it and not a lot of diehard pinball fans that listen to the show. Um, so I know people are going to want to uh, to play the machine, but they may not know necessarily where to where to start when they you know get a ball on a flipper and start hitting things. Um, so I also want to talk about the orca of it all, right? You have the the orca play field in the upper left-hand side of of the play field and just <clears throat> that seems to me also packed with features for being such a small upper play field comparatively to other upper play fields that are out there right there's you have the the wheel you have the radio target you have the ramp you have the way out the back um and that was my dream thing to see in a in a jaws game right <laughs> if, if i if i want to see if i if i'm thinking a jaws game like to me the orca is a a, a non-negotiable right like yeah I, I have to see the orca on the play field i want to see the orca i think it's such a great looking boat it's such a it cuts such an iconic silhouette for fans of everything um so what was what you know obviously not necessarily part of the design team but like what was orca integ integration like yeah, so I mean, like Keith Ellen, um, who's the lead game designer of this, um, he had never done an upper playfield before on his previous designs. And it was something that he, you know, was always interested in trying to incorporate. And when he was working on Jaws, it just kind of made sense the way he was trying to lay out everything that it was a perfect opportunity to incorporate the Orca boat on, you know, his premium LE edition. But the tricky thing, and again, this is a delicate balance of upper playfields on previous games, is they could be a bit repetitive. You could stay up there for a long time, and it can kind of take away from the core game experience. So he wanted to make it something that was challenging and satisfying, but not something that kind of dwarfed all of the other play elements that are on the lower, like the main playfield. So that's why when you're up there, I mean, there's three shots, and when you hit any of those shots, you're kind of off of that upper play field. So that way you're not up there all day long. So I think he, you know, again, he is a maestro when it comes to game design and the way he incorporated yeah. those shots and, you know, the lookout tower ramp, how it kind of swoops back around but up the play field and, it come, and come back down the spinner. You've got that radio stand-up target, which then feeds down – to your um, mini upper flipper on the bottom play field, or it can kind of exit out the bottom of the boat near the chum bucket. It's just, it's really clever game design, how he just incorporated all those shots that feel good and all have different exit paths. Yeah, yeah, it, it 
<clears throat> it to me, right? If you if you go back and watch the the stream I was on, that's the first thing I clock is the upper playfield is the orca, <laughs> and and the radio. The first thing I clock is, oh my god, they put the radio in there, and. Yeah. George stopped me and he was like, what's the radio, <laughs> right? Like as, as somebody who hasn't seen the movie in 10, 15 years, why are you freaking about out about something called the radio target, right? <laughs> um, and so it was just really neat to see that, that sort of integration of the theme into the design. Um, and then also the Easter eggs on there. And I will transition to talking about art, I guess. Like, um, you know, for me, seeing the Orca upper play field, seeing the radio target, but then also seeing Hooper's playing cards on the on the floor, seeing the broken lantern on the floor. That was just such a, you know, such a, a, a an inside baseball um, Jaws nerd moment for me to see that, like <laughs> how seriously you guys took this from everything up top, like, you know, getting the classic poster on the on the back glass on the on the pro and LA editions and then you know, integrating Quint Shack, integrating all of these things that I, as someone who has, you know, along with Sarah, taken a fine tooth comb, a fine shark tooth comb to this <laughs> film. You guys have integrated so many things that for someone who has done this the way we have, it just it's 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 kind of mind boggling to see a level of detail come from someone who I, th I would I would expect it from us but I also feel like we're crazy um so to, to see it, it the same could be said for pinball people yeah that's that's fair too but just to see that that level of detail even down to the artwork of like no we're putting in you know recognizable orca stuff but not necessarily the most obvious things you could potentially think of right out the gate right like not going for like you want to put some of the obvious stuff like the orca itself the, the wheel and, and all that but to see that you know there was care and detail in it and you guys didn't just only go for the the easy low-hanging fruit of it but to see that you know art team was like no like what are some other things on the orca there's the lantern there's the the, the playing cards uh those are there as well and so so uh, do you know what like what art team did to to do that? Did they also have to watch it minute by minute, more or less? Oh, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, everyone who worked on this game, on the design and art team, are huge fans of the theme. So I wouldn't say it's twisting your arm to do quote unquote homework and rewatch sure. the films and pull out the fun stuff and the Easter eggs, as you kind of mentioned. Um, and I also forgot to add, we have custom speech performed by Richard Dreyfus in the game yeah. as Hooper. So again, there's that pinball element of this iconic character and actor who is giving, you know, custom speech, direction, call outs for, you know, key moments in the machine, um, which is really cool. Cause I mean, it really just feels like a whole brand new Jaws experience. Yeah, that was huge to me. I don't know, Sarah, I, I, I would like to hear your thoughts on this as well. Like, Hearing you, Sarah and I had talked before, like when, when announcement trailers came out and, and all this about who was going to be in call outs. I had some theories. I thought it was maybe going to be Ian Shaw, Robert Shaw's son, who is currently playing his father in a Broadway show. Um, the shark is broken um, about the making of Jaws. Right. I, that was my first assumption is, oh, they probably got Ian Shaw in there. And then to see that you guys got <laughs> Dreyfus. Like that's a that's a huge get for for Jaws people of like oh no you went to the source <laughs> you know um, and seeing that once again just so as a diehard was just such a, a great moment for me of like I I don't know what else I would want out of a Jaws pinball machine you know I I certainly agree. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know, Sarah, as as a casual, right, like as, as more of a Jaws fan, what's it like for you to see like, oh, no, they went in and got Dreyfus to come in and do like revisit Hooper, what, some 48, yeah. 49 years later? Yeah, it's it's so cool. I mean, it's the, the closest we're getting to having him play that character again, right, because he's reading the the lines as Hooper. He's playing the part of Hooper, even though it's just, you know, the 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 custom callouts and stuff like for the game it's it's so cool i mean my 
everything I know about Jaws Pinball has been like through the stuff that I've seen online, but I have reacted in similar ways to MJ and I am not the pinball nerd. So like you sent me the thing with like all the Easter eggs. I watched the 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 stream that you did as well. And the the attention to detail is so great. Like there's just so much in there for fans that I think that I mean like we've said the majority of people listening listening to us are here for the for the jaws rather than the pinball but this will bring a, a, a this episode probably will bring a crossover of, of of people to it so having those things that it's like from what I understand as a complete pinball novice is it has those elements that make it a great game but it also has that stuff there for like the the jaws nerds like me which is very cool um was with how was it like getting Richard Dreyfus involved? Was that an easy process? Was he quite happy to sign up and do some voiceover for a pinball machine? <laughs> no, I mean I think it was all of the above. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's always tough to get in touch with you know such iconic people, but just working to directly again, our licensing director able to kind of schedule and set that up. Um, I mean, it was incredible experience i mean just having him in the studio and hearing him read through all of these pinball centric lines was you know a sight to behold or it's like he's like saying jackpot probably for the first time in his life and it's just it's, it's just fun i mean he 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 is a character mm-hmm. yeah well and, and like I feel like I can tell he's try- he's doing a Hooper voice. It sounds like it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like Dreyfus to me. It sounds yeah, like no, he, Hooper. It yeah. sounds like older Hooper to me, right? Like Old man he, Hooper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's almost 50 years. I mean, since he mm-hmm. played that character. So it's like, I'm, I can't speak for him, but I'm curious to just go into his brain of like, how weird is this? You know, playing a character that he played so long ago um but in pinball form but i mean he had, he had a blast i mean he had such a fun time during the recording session um yeah that's that's awesome and and just in the audio in general i mean right you guys have the john williams score um yeah. but then even hearing stuff like when you start quince challenge which for those who don't know quince challenges is a, a sort of mini challenge hurry up mode combo mode i should say yep um where the game gives you certain shots that are flashing is it yellow or uh, yeah it kind of yeah. kind of flashing yellow to tie mm-hmm. tie knots and stuff so yeah, it's, it's a fun little combo system tie knots and like the the theme integration there is so so great of you know quint challenging hooper to tie that yeah. knots. Right? <laughs> it's been a while since i've passed basic demonship <laughs> or whatever and <laughs> That like when you are in quint centric modes, you hear sea shanties, you hear show me the way to go home, you hear farewell and adieu, you you dear Spanish ladies, right? Like every detail of that has so well considered throughout this game, from what I can tell, even down to the audio and music cues of like, okay, when this is focused on this character, we're gonna do the music that you would associate with them, and not just necessarily their theme from the John Williams score, but also the sea shanties, the, 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 right. There's a whole mode based on show me the way to go home, the scars mode. Um, and to see all of that, even down to the, the music get integrated is so it's, it's just, I don't know. Once again, I, I feel like a broken record, but it's, it's really, really cool to see that level of care given to something that I clearly care about so much as, as you know, my, my favorite, not just my favorite film, but something I've turned into a lifestyle at this point, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, it's a perfect pinball experience. That's only going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I, I can't think of, you know, people were like, oh, it's a dream theme for you. It's a dream theme for you. Right. And it it is, but it's also kind of nerve wracking to sort of let something that close to me go into, into another hobby that's also very close to me and not have a say in it necessarily, right? Of like, I hope they I hope they get this right. I hope they, they get it right. But like, I mean, you guys nailed it from from what I can tell. I'll get my hands on it, I think, next month. Um, if not sooner. Yeah, yeah, no, as I said, they should be popping up uh, in the next you know week or two. So definitely keep um, what's great with Insider Connected if you log into your app 
we have a locator and for any connected machines out in the wild, you can see where not just JAWS, but any of our games are. So you can go out and find and play. There might be places near you that you didn't even know had a pinball machine. Yeah, that's true. I, yep. I definitely have found, uh, just random bars. I walked into around Fort Collins. was like, they have a Led Zeppelin here. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. The, my, my, my local haunt, I should say is getting a premium. So I think we're, we're getting that in the next month or so, but, uh, I, I'm friends with the owner and I texted him and I was like, are you getting a Jaws? And he was like, I really Absolutely. wanted to tell. Yeah. He was like, I really wanted to tell you I was going to be skipping this one, but I didn't have the heart <laughs> to do it. He was like, yeah, I, I've, I've put a deposit in on a premium. So nice. yeah, I'll, I'll be able to play a premium here, uh, shortly, hopefully in the, in the not so distant future, but I'm, I'm so, so, so excited to to play it both as someone who loves pinball as a hobby and then obviously loves this theme and this, this film, it just, it, it scratches every itch. And so it went from being a, maybe it's a dream theme, but if it sucks, it's not a dream theme, <laughs> like a tempered <laughs> expectations thing to like seeing, you know, even down to the 3d video mode of, uh, I get to play shark hunter, you know, something that I've talked about, Sarah can attest to this. I've talked about wanting to find an actual shark hunter machine um, forever. And they're so hard to come by. And like the, the fact that Stern is allowing me to experience that, like it was weirdly emotional for me. (laughs) Just like, Oh wow. They like, they're giving me opportunity to play this thing. I've, I've always wanted to do and to, to be able to do it in, a way in, in, in a hobby that I also like really care about a lot is it's really feels really, really special to me to, to be able to do that. So definitely huge shout outs to the, the, the team and everyone involved over at Stern. Cause it, I mean, it looks incredible as a diehard jaws nerd. Um, no, appreciate the words. And, and you know, I can't wait for you both to play it. Cause again, I mean, it's such a fun experience that we want the whole world to, you know, enjoy. I've got yeah. to find where it's where it's coming in the UK. I, there's like a handful of pinball places having never played it before in my <laughs> life. <laughs> this will be the first, the first time, but I will travel. I will. I can drive. I'll go wherever I need to in the country. Make a little road trip out of it. It'll be fine. I'm just. I just want to see it like in person because it just looks like it looks incredible. And like I said, I I've MJ has just been sending me videos. Uh, <laughs> in in some occasions like with the shark hunter video mode thing getting me to react to it live because uh, he wanted to see what my reaction yeah, was because he was geeking out about it so much he was just like sarah i need you to i need you to see this so yeah i'm hoping hoping it comes somewhere that i can that i can drive to and, and take a look at it yeah, uh, is it shipping currently in the UK as well, or is that? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. No, I mean we're we usually build the export games first because they go on a boat, so yeah, they'll prob- they're probably in transit in the water, ironically, uh, overseas, <laughs> and they should be making landfall any day now. Cool. Um, well, Zach, we won't keep you longer than we need to, but thank you so much for dedicating your time to this little podcast about a uh, very, very specific film <laughs> in a very specific moment in time and, and talking about, uh, about the pinball machine surrounding it. Um, is there anything you want to promote outside of, of that? I would say just go out and play. I mean, you can go to sternpinball.com, get connected with the pinball community, but again, you know, go out, play, have fun. That's what it's, a, that's what pinball is all about. Yeah, agreed. That's that's the number one thing, right? Is like anytime you can get someone to play, like even if it's for a little bit, it's it's always a good time. Like that's yeah. as someone who loves pinball as a as a hobby, it's just like no, this is great. Like this is it's such a so fast paced and fun, and then the community around it is so nice. Like I've I've yeah. I've never been a part of a community that has felt more like just like just welcoming and yeah, open and warm and. It's I don't know it's it's been a really special hobby to me so to be to be able to talk about both jaws and pinball at the same time is is you know 
I'm, I'm not going to call that a bad, a bad work day, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us uh, and, and talking about Jaws Pinball. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, we have some announcements for you guys. Uh, most uh, importantly, I should say, is our, this is a bonus episode. And then we resume normal LJ fam. You guys have picked our newest season and our new season is monster movies. So yeah, Woo, I'm so uh-huh. excited. <laughs> um, I am so, so excited to talk about monster movies with you. Um, we're covering a huge range of monster movies all the way from Frankenstein and what? 31 is that when Frankenstein came out. Um, all the yep. way up through God, that's such an old movie. Um, all the way to sudden pre pre war. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is a ninety what three year old movie. Um, is it the oldest movie? I I've never seen it. So I don't I'm, think I've seen it either. I'm, I'm gonna try to read it between now and the next time we record. I think um, because I had to read mm. it in school, which means I didn't read it. Um, yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah, the book's not Mm-mm. that long either, nope. I don't think. I might yep. give it a go. Um, so yeah, we're starting with Frankenstein. Um, some patron episodes to look forward to are Pacific Rim, Colossal. Uh, what were some of the other ones? Crawl. Crawl. Yeah. Oh, such a good movie. Oh, <laughs> so <okay>. good. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about The Thing. We're going to be talking about everyone's favorite, the 1999 action-adventure masterpiece, The Mummy. Uh, we're going to talk Cloverfield. We're going to talk The Host. King Kong, original King Kong, original Godzilla. Like you're gonna get, you're gonna get all the oh. large grotesque boys that you could imagine. Um, and I am yeah. here for it. I'm so so excited about this season. <laughs> uh, do you have one you're looking forward to talking about in particular, Sarah? Um, the Thing is one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies of all time, and I don't think I have ever spoken about it on a podcast. What? And I, yeah, and it's one of those ones that I, that in 2001, I'm always like, oh, I ho- I want someone to like have me on a podcast to talk about it um, or just, you know, do it myself. So yay, <laughs> here we are. Um, so I can't wait, can't wait to talk about that one. Um, yeah, I think that's the, that's the one I'm most excited for, but there's, there's so many good films on this list. I mean, like. I hope we didn't influence the vote too much, but also, nah, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just excited to talk about the big boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I have seen every film on this list except for two, which would be Frankenstein mm-hmm. and The Fly. So I can't believe you've never seen The Fly, but I'm so excited for you yeah. to watch it. Ugh. Yeah, I can't wait. I, that's a movie that that's has been a... like, it's one of those like things that's been on my list forever. Um, and just didn't didn't wind up there. Um, it has some of the grossest body horror I've ever seen, and those effects still hold up. And Jeff Goldblum is so hot in it until he isn't, and it's great. That was like it. That was when he was kind of like coming into being like a real like heartthrob. Mm-hmm. I feel, and he's like unreasonably attractive in that film and then he turns into this absolutely like grotesque monster and it's so so it's so good that's a that's a martin favorite he is i think he has snapped he that sure one up has. as a guest so like he's, a venus uh, flytrap very is. excited to talk about that yeah <laughs> his response to that was so quick and i was like which one do you want to come on for and he was like fly <laughs> quite aggressive about yeah. it uh i mean i'm i'm very much looking forward to talking about my large radioactive son um yes yep yeah how much are we going to talk about godzilla minus one on there yeah so much so much um <laughs> can't stop yeah, quick note on that make sure you're watching the japanese cut not the american cut of godzilla if you're watching along um there are two different cuts and one of them is uh real weird and the other one is good <laughs> um so uh great Good yep. to know. <laughs> uh, might be some tough stuff at the beginning because we are watching older movies, so be aware of that. Um, talking specifically about King Kong, yes, there is some very sexist, very racist stuff 
in that film, but it's also real good. <laughs> it's 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 I like it's one of those things where it's like you can't talk about a monster movie, and I feel like you can't talk about Jaws specifically without talking about King Kong. Um, yeah, despite some of the uh, less savory depictions of some of the female and and native characters in it, there's yeah, yeah, I. I'm interested, like, because, I mean, we we kind of never know how a season is going to shake out until we get started. Mm -hmm. Like, the Spielberg season was very different to Shark movie season. What do you you think this season is going to be like? I guess just as a little tease before we've even recorded a single episode. But I don't know. I can't. I can't call it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I. (laughs) <laughs> I think it might evolve as well. I think it might be a picture by picture basis where it's right. like some of this stuff is goofier than others, right? Like, you know, I think like sure. Godzilla, I think needs to be taken very seriously because it's a very serious film, actually, like despite it yeah. being a monster movie. But then American Werewolf in London is just a straight up horror comedy, like zany. Yeah, goofy. super goofy. Mm-hmm. The Mummy is like very fun and fun. Like, the, the Mummy's an Indiana Jones movie, right? Like it's, it is yeah. not as, as you know, <laughs> not to say it's a bad movie. It's great. It's fucking awesome. But like, there's not as much going on under mm-hmm. the hood of the Mummy as there is Godzilla or even the thing. Right. So I think yeah. there's, there's yeah, like yeah, such yeah. a variety of film in this where like, as much as I enjoyed shark season, all shark movies are kind of the same if they're not Jaws, right? Like they're they're very yeah, very yeah. samey, and so to have this sort of like up and down with this, and even like Creature from the Black Lagoon, a movie I really like, but it's pretty pulpy and like it's kind of silly and and goofy. Um, yeah, a bunch of Jaws in yeah. that though. I mean, obviously, like Jaws is is still our focus through all of this, so we will be where appropriate kind of comparing depictions of monsters in the films that we're watching versus what we see in in jaws how much we see of the monster how important that is um i have a feeling we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about effects Mm -hmm. uh both like evolution of practical versus cgi it's quite like you can't really avoid that like just as i'm thinking yeah. of these movies i'm thinking about like the incredible practical effects in the fly and the thing early cgi stuff of the mummy and then into more recent mm-hmm. stuff and that's something that i'm really interested in because well we both are like team real shark in mm-hmm. you know or shark puppet in in jaws um and we'll defend that big rubbery boy until our till our dying day uh so i think that will be that'll be an interesting conversation to have as well just looking at what was actually just available at the time i mean godzilla is just like a dude in a suit Mm -hmm. right so (laughs) um and then where we are kind of at now with much bigger budgets just better technology able to do more with these films i think will be something fun to yeah get into but well i don't know we'll we'll see we'll see how it yeah how it shakes yeah. out also i lied i am <laughs> as much as i am looking forward to talking about my large radioactive sun i am so excited to talk about my favorite kaiju film of all time the host um not something i've ever talked about anywhere as uh as a podcast or on a podcast as a guest or host or otherwise pun not intended there um i just it, yeah oh the movie's so good and we just watched memories of murder and memories of murder is so good <laughs> um sorry. yeah i love the host i've seen it one whole time but i think about it a lot and it might be my favorite bon Joon Ho film it's mine it's for sure mine i think it probably is because it's oh uh, it just well, <laughs> i don't want to get yeah, into it yeah. now but it combines so much of like the old like classic kaiju movies mm. with like a lot of social commentary and just other mm-hmm. stuff but it never feels like ham-fisted it never feels like those two things are just being thrown together it's so like beautifully deli- oh i fucking love that it's one. so good it's so good anyway <laughs> you've got me you've got me oh, just no, 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 sorry no, no, yeah, no, no, we, no, we digress um <laughs> yeah anyway uh all that said you can tell we're excited <laughs> Um, do we have a mystery movie? What's going on there? Um, 
No, I think that's just... Because <laughs> that part of our schedule is just like the regular season uh-huh. episodes. And we always take a break between seasons, but we don't know what our next season will be. So that's why there's a... Okay, because... We kind of a mystery. How would that work? We just like show up and we don't know what film. We've I'll just watched, start talking about. We both just watch yeah, yeah, a yeah. film. Yeah, I'll just start talking about Clifford, <laughs> and you'll start talking about Godzilla minus <laughs> one, and then we'll make a podcast out of that. Both have got big boys the, in them. Clifford's a fucking it's kaiju. I don't know what to tell you. Imagine the chaos if we put that on this <laughs> monster movie season. Clifford the big red fucking dog. <laughs> I side note and then we will wrap up properly. Every time I saw, saw a poster for Clifford, the that Clifford movie, I would just walk past it if I was a Martin and be like, it's a big fucking dog, bro. <laughs> and it made me laugh every time. It's a big fucking dog, bro. <laughs> I still do it. That's very <laughs> Zendaya's Michi of you. Yeah. <laughs> Just a big, big fucking dog, bro. <laughs> it's really funny. That movie only makes me think about John Cleese dresses Leap Day William. <laughs> Not this. <laughs> All right. Anyway, sorry. I'll wrap it up because Sarah has to go back to work and I have to go to work. Um, thank you guys for listening to this bonus episode. I hope it holds you over until uh, we come back to talk about Frankenstein. Um, in two weeks. So we'll be back in full swing. Um, if you want to follow us on the socials, uh, we are on Twitter, Instagram, threads, and blue sky at jaws for a minute, um, in the bios of all of those, uh, social media sites, you can find a link tree that gives you a link to our Patreon, which this month's episode is a shark season wrap up and a Q and a. Um, so if you've ever had cues that you wanted aid from us, uh, that is the place to do it. Um, it is a $3 buy-in, um, and you get all the previous bonus episodes along with any future bonus episodes, which, you know, for monster movie season, or like we said, is going to be like Crawl, Colossal, uh, Pacific Rim. What was the other one? Not Rambo off the top of my head but I bet it's probably going to be rad. Um, uh, Oh, the blob, which I've never seen. Mm -mm. Me neither. Yep. Um, yeah. So if you want to get in on that, uh, you can find the link there. If you would like to follow us individually on Twitter, you can follow us at Sarah buttery S A R A H B U D D E R Y. And, and you can follow me at mjsmith891. Um, if you're not on the socials and you want to contact us uh, through email, you can email us at minute at gmail.com. Um, until next time, it's Jaws Lock Somewhere.